Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Penny Peep Show. Hello, friends. Creator of the podcast, Kieran here, and welcome to the series finale of A Process of Elimination. I'm sticking myself up front for this episode because this is the final chapter of a murder mystery. There are certain formalities to observe, and I don't want to get in the way of it. The Penny Peep Show will be quiet for a few months after this episode as I ramp up production on the next series. Keep an ear out for that. Just know that you can always reach out to me via the social media handles in the episode description. Remember, you can truly shape what comes next with what you say, so why not take control of this podcast's destiny and share your opinion? I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the series finale. Bye. Mysterious invitation, an unknown host, ten strangers trapped in a remote mountain lodge. Miss Delphine Diamandis. I could spill everyone's dirty little secrets if I so wished. Colonel Lionel Gale. I've survived wars. Whatever foolery this is, holds no fear for me. Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. Lay a finger on me and I'll kill you. Mr. Grayson Kent. I won't let anything get in the way of my having a good holiday. Mr. Petey Reed. I always get mine. Get in my way, and you'll get yours. Mrs. Peggy Parker. I've got a brick, and I'm not afraid to use it. Mr. Dimitri Volkov. I'm good with sort. Would you like to see my sort? Mrs. Veronica. Buckle up, boys. We're in for a hell of a ride. It's a case for the celebrity private investigator, Mr. Montgomery Griffin. Someone did something to someone for some reason. And his sidekick, Miss Sidney Sparrow. And we are going to crack the case. Six dead. Four remain. Finding the killer will be a process of elimination. my god! Oh, Mr. Falkov. Is everyone else all right? I've had enough of this. Sid, gather the guests. Bring everyone to the lounge. Do you mean boss? That's right, Sid. It's time to crack this case. Make yourselves comfortable. I'll wait for the others. Just the colonel, I think. <gasps> oh, you found the colonel. Is he all right? What do you mean, is he all right? He's got a sword sticking out of him. Chopped right into his neck. A quick way to go. Remember that curious case of the beheaded admiral in that dinghy, boss? No. Then do you remember his wife, Elsa, wore that backless negligee? Oh, the beheaded admiral. I remember it intimately. Very quick. Regrettably so. How can you be so flippant when a man is dead? Two men are dead. Well, not just two men. Not just men. Rather a lot, actually. 
It's been quite a rough holiday, all said. We'll have to move the body. Couldn't we do this in a different room? The boss likes to have a mantelpiece to lean on. What about Miss Veronica, behind the settee? She's been laying back there for what feels like weeks now. It's been a day. Let's start with the colonel. I'll take the legs. I'll take the head. I'll take the sword. And perhaps you can toss out the carpet, Sid. He's made a terrible mess on it. Right, boss. Goodbye, Miss Veronica. You were a friendly lady. She spent the whole weekend gratuitously making passes at you. Can't get friendlier than that. It still seems disrespectful to throw them out the back door. We're doing this because your boss insists on leaning on the mantelpiece. But I guess we have no choice. Chop, chop. Back to the lounge before the killer has time to strike again. Is the fire stoked? Crackling merrily, boss. And is everyone sitting comfortably? Yes, thank you. All right, let's begin. (sighs) Is it a good mantelpiece to lean on, boss? You know, it really is. Good height, sturdy construction. Oh, Mr Pointy has fallen on the floor again. He didn't ask to be tangled up in murder. Never mind that now. I have a dark tale of murder, betrayal and illicit affairs to divulge. Are we sure this is everyone? Uh, yes. Just us. All the alive ones. I'm used to playing to fuller houses. Then perhaps you'd like to take whatever you're about to say and shout it out the back door. No, no, this'll do. Where was I? A dark tale of well-constructed mantelpieces? Murder, betrayal and illicit affairs, boss. Yes, murder. Where to begin? When the first body hits the floor? When the undeniable stench of deceit first tickles the nose? I can tell you where not to begin, and that's with questions, and yet I cannot help but observe, Miss Howard Hudson, that you've raised your hand. I have. Could you put it down, please? Oh. Thank you. This case began long before Miss Delphine Diamandis met her fateful end on those stairs your hand is up again, Miss Howard Hudson. I wanted to let everyone know that the cable car has been fixed. Miss Howard Hudson did a magnificent job. I was there, cheering her on and occasionally napping. It isn't safe to travel in the cable car in the blizzard, I'm afraid. I just want to get off this mountain. Asterix alive. Pardon? Do you want to get off this mountain alive? Of course alive. Then let me finish. What is this now? Oh, uh, I just thought, while you're off topic, that I'd hang Mr Pointy back in his rightful place. Do you mind? Of course I mind. Only you're in the way. (sighs) Go on, boss. So, there. Murder. Sorry. It was my belief that this all began with... All done. As I have stated, I believe the secret to understanding this mystery is to understand the murder of Turner Lee. Why? I'll get to it. I knew if we uncovered the truth behind that crime, then everything else would fall into place. How did you know? I'll get to it. Turner Lee was a divisive character, his path to success littered with enemies. For many, it was no surprise that Isadora Fortune murdered him. You said you didn't think she had. Jesus Christ, I'll get to it if I have to murder every single one of you to stop you interrupting me. (gasps) Murderer! Let's just give the boss his monologue. I'm sure he'll explain everything. Right, boss? Thank you, Sid. The point I was trying to make was that Isadora was crying out to be arrested. She was angry at Turner, she visited him, he died of poison, a poison referenced in the movie they were making, and evidence from the scene was found at her house. Yet despite this, Isadora has claimed innocence. Are we happy so far? I feel that this is the sort of group that would appreciate frequent breaks to get questions off their chests. We're enthralled, boss. Keep going. Let us, for argument's sake, say that Isadora is innocent. We are saying that. You had your moment. I gave you an opportunity to talk and now it's my turn. Let us consider that she is innocent. What is the implication of that rhetorical no one talk? The implication is that the only other person we know of to have seen Turner Lee that day 
is responsible. Miss Davenport. Thank you, Sid. Why does she get to interrupt? Miss Dorothy Davenport, seen wrapped in a scarf and hat, rushing out of the office. A woman? Probably. A killer? Let's explore that. According to Miss Veronica, Miss Davenport may have been in Turner Lee's office to sell him cocaine. So Miss Davenport knew that Turner would take the opportunity to buy cocaine, surely had a motive for wanting him dead, and was happy for Isadora to take the fall on her behalf. Things become a lot simpler if we make one addition to the character of Miss Davenport. And that is? That Miss Davenport had access to Isadora. That Isadora didn't hide any evidence, but was made to look like she had. By who? Mrs. Parker, the makeup crew? Excuse me? Pardon me, the makeup grandmother? I think we can all agree that Mrs. Parker would murder exclusively using the medium of brick. It's very likely. There was only one other person who lived with Isadora, and that person is, was, her driver. And who is he? Ah, Sid. My poor, sweet, naive Sid. What do you do for a living? I'm your sidekick, boss. Your offsider. But what do I pay you for? Your chauffeur. <gasps> was Isadora Fortune's driver a woman? Surely everyone has surmised I was Isadora's driver. I've made no great show of hiding it. So you admit that you were Isadora's driver? I just did. Stop acting like you've made some grand discovery. Stop drawing this out and for God's sake, stop leaning on that mantelpiece in that insufferable way. I didn't know that you were her driver. Did you murder Isadora Fortune as well? Wait, no. Did you murder Turner Lee as well? Is that the question? What's the question? Why do we care who the driver was? I am so very glad you asked, Mr. Kemp. For you may be every bit as tangled up in this as Miss Howard Hudson. Because the target of the poison that killed Turner Lee may not have been him at all, but rather Isadora herself. How do you mean, boss? Mr. Kemp and Miss Howard Hudson are having an affair. (gasps) We all forget that Mr. Kemp is a champion skier in the public eye as much as Isadora. He couldn't be seen throwing over a movie star for a girl who drove her car. The press wouldn't allow it. His management wouldn't allow it. He and Miss Howard Hudson had to rid themselves of Isadora. So they tried to murder her? No. They framed her for a murder that neither would have a motive for. Isadora caught the bus into London the day of Turner's murder. And why? Because her driver was unavailable. I had to take Grandmama to an appointment. But while Isadora caught the bus, Miss Davenport, that's you, Miss Howard Hudson, I'm keeping up, had already arrived. She poisoned Turner Lee, took the glasses, evidence of the murder, and returned home. She knew the police would investigate the last person to see Turner alive. The search warrant ensured that Isadora was locked up and she would never come between you and Mr. Kemp ever again. It's an absurd fiction! And so, with Isadora gone, all seemed calm. All seemed bright. What? Silent night. Sorry. That brings us to this weekend. When all the other murders happened. Miss Howard Hudson and Mr. Kemp arrived together. They kept a low profile, feigning strangers, amongst the gaggle of deceivers who would notice two more. Well, someone did. Ms. Delphine Diamandis, famed gossip columnist. She knew, or at least intimated that she knew, about who you were and what you were up to. Let's keep the conversation on the slopes and not what you choose to do in your own time. And then there's a sweet old lady and her obliging, apparently unattached granddaughter. You could not contain your violent outburst at the dinner table, Miss Howard Hudson. You lay a finger on her and I'll kill you! And you could not contain it later that evening when you heard Ms. Diamandis on the Who's there? Is somebody playing games with... 
But damn it all, suspicion was immediately aimed at you. You threatened to kill her, and now she's dead! Something had to be done. The water's muddied. But it wasn't you who did that, Miss Howard Hudson. It was done by Mr. Kemp. What did I do? You gave Mr. Reed the fateful bottle of scotch. Or lead. Pass me that bottle. Oh, of course. And I think we all remember the consequences of that. <laughs> but damn it all, Miss Howard Hudson's habit of death threats kept the target on her back. You don't intimidate me, Mr. Reed. I'd sooner kill you than look at you. You weren't to know, Mr. Kemp, because you were in the kitchen. Who amongst you would like to splash about in some dishwater with me? Suspicion lingered. It was Miss Howard Hudson who made the next drastic step. But what could you do? You'd done so much already in securing Mr. Kemp. What wouldn't you do? Your own grandmother, a frightened, weak old lady. After all, you two were clearly very close. Who would suspect you? No one, because the very idea is absurd. Exactly. You knew she had no bricks. You knew she'd panic. The rest played out just as you would expect. The others were rather like dominoes. Perhaps Ms. Veronica drank the wrong scotch by accident. Then what's this? A bottle of scotch? Or perhaps she simply knew too much. Cheers, darling. As for the Colonel and the Russian, only Miss Howard Hudson and Mr. Kemp were absent when we left the Colonel here in the lounge. And I'll stay behind to guard the firearms. And Mr. Kemp was listening when I absentmindedly told the Russian to light a match. What? It's a stressful situation. Well, light a match, damn it. Ah! Not to mention, boss, that they're literally the only ones left alive. That is pretty incriminating. I agree, Sid. Most murderers will only murder themselves as a last resort. The whole thing is delusional. I'm so confused, I almost believe it was me. And I was there. And it wasn't. Really, Mr Kemp, I struggle to believe that you're as stupid as you seem. Thank you. And of course, there is one additional piece of evidence to support my theory that Miss Howard Hudson and Mr Kemp are having an affair. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. And that's because Miss Howard Hudson won't respond when I flirt with her. Turns out I don't want to hear this. Well done, boss. Incredible deduction. It makes sense of everything. You pair of murdering bastards. I didn't kill anyone! Ditto. By that I mean that I as well did not kill anyone. I don't know about Miss Howard Hudson. I'm not the killer, I tell you. Not even Turner Lee? Not anyone! But who else could have taken the evidence and hid it on Isadora? It was Isadora herself! Why would she do that if she didn't commit the crime? Because she was protecting the person she thought did do it. She thought I killed Turner Lee. She did it for me. But why would she risk death row to protect her driver? For goodness sake, I wasn't just her driver. Isadora and I were... A couple. A couple of good friends? A couple of lovers. <gasps> Secret lesbians? That makes so much sense. Isadora went to jail to protect her girlfriend. And Miss Howard Hudson won't get with me because she's a lesbian. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm not quite keeping up. Well, when two women love each other very much... I know what a lesbian is, but you said that Miss Howard Hudson didn't do it. Isadora assumed her girlfriend did it because of her fiery nature and protective spirit, but neither one had anything to do with the death. Then who was it? Who killed Turner Lee? Oh, well, it was Sid. What? You did it, Sid. Uh... I hoped you hadn't. I explored every alternative theory, but it must have been you. But how? Allow me to crack the case. <sighs> Just a terrific mantelpiece. Boss, I don't know what you're on about. It was to do with a movie. La Costa? No, the movie Turner Lee was going to make about me. I've been reading about your exploits for years now. I've always thought they'd make a terrific movie. The pair of you dashing across rooftops, revolvers in hands, handcuffs at the ready. It was one of the scripts he showed to that movie producer. I've got a meeting with a Hollywood producer in a few days. We're talking international distribution. And it no doubt received the 
same critique that Locusta did. Hollywood doesn't want to see women doing anything. They want to see women lying around looking interchangeably provocative and vulnerable. But what to do with the character of Miss Sydney Sparrow, a woman of action? An easy fix. Didn't even need to change the name. Just the gender. Turner had promised to send me the script. I'm going to show him a script we've thrown together. I'll send it to you afterwards. But I never received it. Absent-minded or because Sid checks my mail, saw the changes and for some reason was infuriated by them. For some reason? Some reason? I was being written out of my own story. So you framed Isadora? She framed herself. I didn't even poison the drinks. I poisoned his cocaine. The idiot. He didn't recognise me when I went around offering him a free sample. But that poison? Surely you knew that Isadora... Not everything is about your lesbian girlfriend. I thought they'd suspect someone in that cast. It was all over the papers and in Miss Diamantis's column that the cast were angry with the director. How was I to know that Isadora would steal things from his office? Still, Sid, of all the flimsy motives, a movie script... Do you know what I've gone through for you? What I've put up with. I've been shot, drowned, poisoned. I've been pushed off roofs, driven off cliffs. I've been choked unconscious on every continent on Earth. And all the while it's been, no problem, boss. I'll take care of it, boss. And I'll be right in a day or two, boss. And you were going to let that man throw me away like a weapon from a crime scene. And now you'll be strung up like a killer from a crime scene, which is what you are. Oh, no. You're not taking me in. And how will you stop me? With the enormous pile of guns in the other room. She's right. You can't kill me, Sid. Oh, can't I? Take this, you narcissistic creep. (gasps) Huh? Why aren't you dead? (sighs) Fine. We'll try that gangster's gun. (gasps) Nothing? Like I said, you can't kill me, Sid. I'm not letting them hang me, even if I need to take drastic action. Even if I have to murder myself. Just surrender and face justice for what you've done. And then this can go down as my greatest case. How Montgomery Griffin foiled his mightiest adversary, his own chauffeur. Never! Where do you suppose she's going? The lookout? She'll be heading to the cable car. The cable car is broken. Oh, it's not. You fixed it. Come on, after her. What's that noise? It's the cable car engine. It's starting up. She's going to leave us behind. That's prevaricating more pursuit. Sid, come back. Maybe in a month or two. See how you get on without me there to feed you. Do something, Mr Griffin. Good idea, Miss Howard Hudson. Do something, Mr Griffin. You can't run forever, Sid. In all the time you've worked for me, has anyone ever gotten away with their crimes? Yes. All the beautiful women. Correct. And are you beautiful, Sid? You utter prick. You can't let me get away with one little murder. Justice is one of my many lovers, and I never disappoint a lover. Well, I'm about to leave justice with blue balls. Uh, What was that? It was the creak of distressed metal. The cable car. It's stuck. Help me. Yes, help her. We can try. Bring her back for the sake of justice. Scratch that. Leave me out here. She's coming back. No! Come back and face the consequences of... Your actions. Oh. Um. Do you suppose she's all right? Is that a silly question? I'm glad I didn't ski off of here. It's a rather... uh, There's a drop. 
Well, it's quite far down, isn't it? Turns out it wasn't safe to ride the cable car. Well, it's cold out here. Perhaps we should return to the fire. So you can lean on the mantelpiece? Yes, why not? <sighs> so, there you have it. Mystery solved. But why did Miss Sparrow kill, well, everyone? She didn't. It was an accident. What was? All of it. What's the it in that statement? The victims, their deaths, accidents. I'm not following. Well, no one knew better than Sid that the cable car wasn't safe. It isn't safe to travel in the cable car in the blizzard, I'm afraid. And it turned out we were correct. <laughs> Mr. Volkov? Well, light a match, damn it. It was bad advice, but he lit the match that killed him. <laughs> His diamander slipped on mushy peas. I have a bag of increasingly squishy peas pressed to my head as we speak. Why are there peas everywhere? And she fell down the stairs. <gasps> Grandmama? Frightened onto the roof. Who's there? Is that a man? Where she fell. Frightened by who? The Russian, who struggled to find the upstairs bathroom. Here's bathroom done. Uh, bathroom is empty, no? Why didn't you use the one upstairs? I could not find... And in the night, he needed a bathroom under duress, desperately seeking relief. It's not surprising that he would rattle the doorknob aggressively. But who attacked the colonel with the sword? No one. The sword was left on the coffee table. The explosion from the kitchen knocked the staggered off the wall, hit the pommel of the sword, it flew into the air... <laughs> And Mr. Reed, the poison scotch? Shellfish allergy. Those crab cakes were delicious. Kind of hard secret is in my food. Won't tax the stuff. The residue of those crab cakes left on the bottle by you, Miss Howard Hudson, who'd eaten liberally. Here, have the last crab. They are terribly good. And then drank liberally. Who needs glasses? But what of Miss Veronica? If it wasn't poison scotch, then what was it? I wasn't sure myself until a few moments ago when I looked out the window. What's out the... Could you? I'm catching my absolute death. Oh, hello, Miss Veronica. <gasps> Go on, let her in. Let's have no more of that dreadful weather, darling. Miss Veronica, how are you alive? Congratulations, of course. Yes, yes. Hello, darlings. I could do with a warming drink. But I don't understand. Oh, a crackling fire. Lovely. I demand you explain how you're still alive. This wasn't my first mysterious invitation to a remote location with a collection of sordid strangers. Oh, no. I could tell where all this was heading. So I played possum, darling. Search one murder mystery, orgy. Playing possum will get you out of all of them. The plan was to lay low until this blood-splattered weekend had blown over. I didn't account for you putting me outside, foiled by the weather. Now about that drink. Of course, your alive status explains who left the gas on. A can opener can't be that different from a bottle opener. I could even turn those little buttony things in the front of the stove. Is that the principles of a kettle? I got a bit peckish in the night, but I just couldn't figure it out. And who broke down the door to the study. Oh, but don't worry. It wasn't to get a gun. Of course not. It was for a drink. Liquor a drink, it I was suppose. For I've had enough of booze-soaked lushes on this alpine jaunt. I'm confiscating all the liquor and locking it up with the weapons. Oh, I see. <laughs> well guessed. You don't suppose... Oh, it sounds almost absurd when I say it out loud, but... You don't suppose, darlings, that I have a drinking problem? <clears throat> Did you want to know about the murders? Oh, oh, I suppose so, darling. Was it the butler? I was the butler. And? It was the maid. Oh, 
My second guess. It was accidents. Everyone's death at this lodge was a result of a conflation of circumstances. It's terrific news, really. It is? I knew no one here could have done those murders. Everyone was so nice. It's been a lovely holiday after all. Everyone's still dead, though. But they... Oh. I suppose they are. Don't let it bother you, darling. Of course, I am in a rather unenviable position. Cut off in a mountain lodge surrounded by dead bodies? Betrayed by your closest ally? Without champagne? I don't have a chauffeur. No one to drive my car, Miss Howard Hudson. Why are you addressing me with that fact? You can drive my car. Help me with my mysteries. Be there for me to bounce cryptic one-liners off of, that sort of thing. Oh! I'm not interested. I don't mind that you're a lesbian. I may even prefer it. We found out, Miss Veronica, that Miss Howard Hudson is a secret lesbian. With Miss Isadora Fortune, they were secret lesbianing together. I know all about that, darling. Why do you think I arranged for Isadora to be photographed with a handsome stranger? Hmm? The press was sniffing, and she wasn't going to shake them off without a little nudge. You were an easy fix, Mr. Kemp, because you had your own garden to tend, didn't you, darling? What does that mean? Go on, darling. If not now, then when? I'm also a secret lesbian. Oh, I, I don't... A secret man lesbian, I mean. Or whatever that word is. When I finally met you, Mr. Kemp, I thought your persistent sunniness might hide a shrewd mind. But beneath your happy, smiling countenance is a second smile, but with a more vacant expression. Thank you. I do have a couple of questions regarding the accident. Do you need me to go from the top? Who sabotaged the cable car? If no one was guilty, who would do that? I did it. People had been muttering about getting off the mountain. I couldn't have that. I thought one of you was a murderer and I didn't want you escaping. I suppose that's fair. Is it? And second question, the guns. Why, when Miss Sparrow shot you, did you not die? Me again. You see, I knew that any murderer would be irrevocably drawn to such a stockpile. I made sure to load those firearms with blanks. Pass me the blunderbuss. This one, darling. Thank you. There's no bullets. Nothing more than gunpowder. <laughs> See? Thought of everything. Oh, look out! What? <gasps> Mr. Griffin? Is he all right? He's dead. The antler went right through his... his face. Poor Mr. Pointy. He never asked for any of this. Well... What now, my darlings? I suppose we wait for the blizzard to clear. And bring this unfortunate holiday to an end. Not you, Miss Howard Hudson. And then we must head back to London to exonerate Isadora. Then you can put her in another movie, Miss Veronica. I have a better idea. Yes? Go on. Champagne, darling. A process of elimination featured the voices of... Jacqueline Osorio as Miss Delphine Diamandis. Andrew James Spooner as Colonel Lionel Gare. Rhiannon Marshall as Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. David Moss as Mr Grayson Kemp. Matt James as Mr Peter Reed. Catherine Jones as Mrs Peggy Parker. Stephen Jobson as Mr Dimitri Volkov. Lucy Clough as Ms Veronica. Kieran Davey as Mr Montgomery Griffin. Rosie Williamson as Miss Sydney Sparrow. And Dan Pye as the narrator. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.